Hi, everyone. Thank you for joining us on our podcast, Priority Status. Um, this is Amy Ogden. I'm the Senior Vice President of Brand for J Public Relations and really happy to be joined today by James Nord. James is the founder and CEO of Four, F-O-H-R. I always spell it when I say it, James, which I think is hysterical. Um, formerly Four Card, you might know them as. Um, and, uh, and I'm really excited today. James has been an absolute trailblazer and innovator in the influencer space. He is truly, um, I, th- I think can be credited very much for being a huge part of where the space is today and how brands are collaborating with, um, influencers. And so with, uh, without further ado, James, welcome. I'd Thank love you. for you. <laughs> Thank you. I'd love for you to introduce yourself and tell our listeners a little bit about four. Absolutely. Yeah. So, um, I mean, you did a great job. Thank you. Uh, and, and happy to be on here and love the name also priority status is great. Thank you. Um, Thank you. We, we played around with a lot of names and this was the one that just felt really good. So thanks for that. It's clever. It's good. Um, so yeah, four is a little over five years old now, uh, started in the kind of dark ages of bloggers, um, or certainly the, the kind of start of it. And, Initially, we just wanted to create a space for brands to be able to find bloggers or influencers, whatever you want to call them. Uh, and once you find them, be able to understand what the actual value is of that person, what their reach is, how many people are they talking to, um, and basically using data and technology to help brands do this thing that is can be kind of daunting uh, and difficult at times. Yeah. Because uh, up until then, wh- how were brands finding and collaborating with, at the time, bloggers? We The word influencers even, I feel like, is what, the last three, four, five years? Yeah, decently five, new. Five yeah. years, yeah. Uh, I mean, not much different than people today who don't have a lot of tools at their yeah. disposal. They, you know, you say, okay, I want to work with a, you know, fashion influencer in Chicago. Um, so maybe you would try and find... Did Refinery29 do a list of the top 10 fashion bloggers in Chicago? You know, do I go find one person's blog and then see who they follow or if they had a blog role back in the day? Just straight up like elbow grease. Yeah. Just roll up your sleeves, dig in, Google, you know, yeah. It's not much different today. You know, you're trying to find, we, we get sometimes random requests from clients that are, cannot be like satisfied by the, the 43,000 influencers that we have on the platform. And so you'll say, okay, I need to find people in Dallas. You pick like a cool restaurant in Dallas and you go to the location tag and you see the influencers who have tagged themselves taking photos in that cool restaurant. And that's kind of like, you know, how you start to try and find these people. So it can be really difficult. And I don't blame a lot of people for being slow to get into the space um, because it it can be complex to, to find the right people. And then once you find them, you know, figuring out what you should actually do with them could be quite difficult as well. Definitely. So, so 43,000 influencers in your database. Yeah. Um, 43,000 people, they've all signed up and connected their accounts um, and we're able to pull data in from them, you know, every couple hours. Okay. Uh, so, you know, at any time you can kind of come in and, and search for, you know, a location or a, you know, a product or a brand name. And, and you can find people that are talking about that. You can reach out to them yourselves. And we, we are trying to, you know, make sure the brand or the agency working on behalf of that brand has a direct relationship with the influencer. We don't want to stand in between that. Uh, we just want to, you know, give you tools to do a better job. Okay. 
All right. Really good. Um, so take us back five years ago. What were you doing before you founded for? Yeah, I was, uh, working in like digital marketing, but also had a Tumblr that was like uh, randomly quite popular. And I got to be one of the most followed photographers on Tumblr, which wow, was, congratulations. thank you. That's so cool. Um, what was your photography specialty at the time? I just walked around New York okay. taking photos. I mean, this was, this was 2009 probably. Okay. And there just weren't that many people publishing photos on the internet. Sure. Not, in, not in the way that they are now. This right. was get in early. Yeah. This is like <laughs> the iPhone was like two years old. Okay. So like, and, and it was terrible. The camera was terrible. Oh. Have you ever, have you had like on Facebook, like old, old, uh, you know, photos you posted several years ago, pop up and you're like, I can't believe I posted things that looked like, that. you know, yeah, just like absolutely. fuzzy, dark. Totally. I'm more worried about like my hair <laughs> yeah. and like the way my face looked. Sure, but, sure. But yeah, uh, I, I think we've, we've been, we're so spoiled now by the quality of the photography on our phones now that we forget at the beginning when we had iPhones with cameras, the quality was really poor. It yeah. was. And, and, and there just weren't that as many people taking photos. Exactly. You know, I mean, sure. I, there's like, some stat floating around, but I don't remember it exactly, but it's something that like, you know, in the last three years, more photos have been taken than were in the previous 200 years. I believe that. Uh, and, and so there's just an explosion of, but, but yeah. 2009, there just weren't many people publishing right. and no professionals were. So you're working in digital, you have this Tumblr. Yeah. And I wanted to work with brands and I didn't know any, and I, I reached out and it wouldn't get, you know, but I couldn't get anyone to kind of pay attention. You wanted to work with brands as like an influencer for them. Yeah. As a photog- yeah. Okay. I wanted to shoot for fashion brands. Cool. Okay. Uh, so I would like email and be like, Hey Prada, like I'd love to, I have a blog. Do you want me to yeah. be your photographer? Check out my work. Yeah. Never worked. And you could not get no. a phone call back. Okay. So I ended up getting an introduction to Oscar de la Renta's team, uh, and from the uh, guy who ended up being my co-founder. Wow. And okay. I shot a party for them and then I became their house photographer. And then, you know, this was in 2011 probably. And the kind of blogger influencer thing was just starting to happen. Instagram was like a year old. Uh, and so I went to Abu Dhabi with Puma. I kind of like life changed very quickly. And I was like flying around the world, shooting all this stuff. Oh, wow. And I was like, oh, there's something interesting happening here. Like I'm being hired because I have a big following, not because I'm a great photographer. And I tried for months to try and get a job, you know, shooting work like this, but couldn't because I didn't know anyone in the space. And then once I got an intro, like everything kind of that changed. That was it. You just needed that matchmaker. Yeah. So it was like, okay, can that matchmaker be a piece of technology instead yeah. of a person? Um, so that's kind of where the business came from. Okay. Wow. I really love that. And so, so you launched it and then, um, where we're sitting today, you just rebranded and renamed. Can you tell us, I want to fast forward a little yeah. bit to right now. Tell us about this rebrand and rename. Well, when we started, we wanted it to be like a model's comp card. That was the best, for lack of a better term, comp that we could think of. Like, a, a blogger's information in one place. And when you go into the modeling agency and they've got all their cards and then you flip them over and it's got all the information you need to make a decision about if you want that model or not. All right in there. one place. So we basically wanted that, but for influencers, for bloggers. Um, and then as the, as the kind of industry expanded, the business became about so much more than, you know, an influencer's four card would be like their profile. Okay. But that's such a small part of kind of everything that we do that it felt like 
it felt like a nickname that you'd like grown outgrown you know like if you're like 30 years old and people are still calling you like jimmy or something you're just like i don't know if that like works anymore for me uh so yeah so it just felt like the name didn't match anymore and and we were so much more than just the four cards so we dropped the card and and uh and kind of also alongside launched a new platform that allows brands to run campaigns on their own really cool yeah. Okay. That's this is great, you know, and I I th- I think I want to I want to kind of shift our dialogue now, but I but this is a really cool background on it and I think our listeners, many of our listeners are in the hospitality space. Many of our listeners um, work in or with hotels, travel brands, luxury lifestyle brands, and so um, I would venture to guess that many of them have partnered with influencers in some way, whether it's an influencer reaching out to the hotel directly saying, I'd love to uh, collaborate or the hotel um, doing their own, like you said, sort of that digging or partnering with an agency. So mm-hmm. so I think a lot of our listeners are coming, um, coming to the table already with a little bit of experience in this space. Um, what I would love if you can share maybe some like lesser known tips and tricks if if i've got a director of sales and marketing for a hotel listening right now if you could tell them like two things about partnering with influencers that aren't just like common knowledge what are a couple of things that come to mind i think one is is being really clear on the brief this is probably where things go off the rails when you say the brief do you mean sort of like the deliverables yeah and and it's one thing to be like okay you got to do three instagrams okay fine that's you know influencers a lot of times will then do the three easiest, most natural Instagrams for them, which which may be great. But as a hotel, you know, I think you have to think, what do I really, what's the story I need this person to tell sure. and how can I get them to tell that story? Is it that we have just redone the bar and we wanna focus on the craft cocktails that we were making there? Okay, well, if you don't tell them, if you don't make that explicitly, like, okay, it's three Instagrams, one is about the room, one is about the bar, and one is a photo of you, and it can be out by the pool. That's fine. Sure, dealer's but, choice. Yeah. yeah. Um, then you're going to get three mm-hmm. photos of them themselves just like on your hotel grounds. Um, and so, you know, it's important, I think, to understand what you want out of that partnership and being explicit in that with the influencer um, so that you're not disappointed or say, oh, I would have thought that, you know, I would have thought that if we comped a meal for them at the restaurant that they would have posted about it. Right. right, But but you didn't ask. So like, you know, I think it's, it's tough to, the two groups don't understand each other that well. Sometimes Uh, influencers have a hard time putting themselves into the shoes of a, of a brand Mm. uh, and vice versa. Right. So, you know, for a luxury hotel brand that says, wait, they're, we're comping their stay in this hotel. Like they should be over the moon. Like, I, I totally understand that the influencer side. It's like, right. But like, this is like, I'm getting these rooms comped every time I travel. And so like, they are happy. I think they want to, to make their brand partners happy, but you have to be pretty clear about like what you actually want. Yeah. I get that. You know, I think one thing that, um, the hotels can also think of is just like, as you are putting together the experience for the influencer, make it photographable, make it Instagrammable. Mm. Don't put them in a dark room without good lighting. Put them in the best room with the best lighting. Don't put them at a table that's hard to shoot the food. Put them at a great table with great lighting for shooting. Like also, you know, don't just do the things like room check, food check, spa service check, but like put them in the spaces where the photography also makes sense and will look the best. Absolutely. And again, it's the thinking like, 
what's the story that you want to tell here? And, and, you know, in a day and certainly in a week, this post will mostly be forgotten. Um, But there could be like one thing that you remember, you know, and you think six months later when you're booking a trip, you say, what was that hotel that like influencers stayed at? And they, yeah, they had this crazy brunched out by the ocean that, you know, sure, and, then sure. like, and you're like, I, I still remember that. Right. And, and you, so you want to try and, yeah, you want to try and make it memorable. I think the, um, you know, in the hospitality space, the four seasons does a great job with that and the influencer work that I've seen them do. Is there of, anything in, in particular you've seen them do that you thought, wow, they nailed it. I mean, the, I did. So We've worked with them a bit with with NetJets um, on a few trips, and their teams down at the Surfside in Miami um, and the the one in West Palm Beach did a great job with like setting up these beautiful Instagrammable dinners and and just creating situations to get more content. Because if you say for an influencer, if if, if you agreed on three Instagrams for a comp room, right, and then you create these incredible experiences, to your point. Uh, these Instagrammable moments, you may get five or six out of that. So where you say to yourself, oh, I don't know, like, is it worth, we're already comping the room. If you think about it as, oh, if I embroider their robe and send it up to the room, am I going to get another fr- like right. Instagram for free essentially out of this? Um, right. can, mean, just so much Instagram bait that they can't right. help themselves, yeah, but take more images because you've, you've just, you've created the space. They're content creators. I mean, it, it is hard work uh, to create that much content. And Absolutely. I know that like it's easy to roll your eyes at that, and I do all the time with influencers, but it is difficult to every day wake up and be like, today is a TV show, essentially. I need right. to entertain a bunch of people and keep this brand happy and hit the key messaging that I'm supposed to hit and negotiate these deals and yell at my videographer and all this. Um, so it is a lot of work. So the easier you can make it, the better, right? And so if a robe comes up and it's got their Instagram handle on it, there's almost no chance they're not like going to throw that on their Insta stories at least. For sure. Yeah, that makes a lot of sense. I think, you know, we as brands think of like feeding the content beast every day, right? You got to, but the influencers are also brands and Mm -hmm. they have to feed their own content beasts every day. And so like you said, to your point, the easier you make it, the more likely you are to maybe even go beyond the deliverables. Absolutely. And, And to your point, you know, I think something that is low hanging fruit for influencer work is, you know, if if you can't negotiate more as many posts as you'd like, getting them to get you content that can be used on those feeds. I know a lot of properties. I'm I'm probably most familiar with the inner workings of the Four Seasons, so I'll just use them as an example. Great. And I'm sure you know the listeners are, are familiar. Each property has its own Instagram handle, which which gets like it's a lot, right? Yeah. Um, so I think being able to use influencers to, to get you evergreen content that, you know, the Four Seasons Surfside is still posting photos from six months ago that they took, you know, because it's just stuff that can kind of live on. And and brands aren't great at creating that content um, because the way that they think about it is like a shot that you would take for advertising or for your website or for your brochure or for Rob Report is so different than the kind of thing that people look at on Instagram and say, right. ooh, I want to go there. Um, but And influencers know that, and they're really good at it. So I think sometimes saying, okay, it's three posts and 15 high-res images that we have rights to use on our Instagram uh, can be a nice way to just like get content. 
Sure. That makes a lot of sense. And we've done that with our clients as well. When we broker influencer collaborations, they've posted and we have a list of deliverables, but then also provided the client with some content that the client can post uniquely as their own crediting, absolutely crediting the influencer yeah. as the photographer. And it's tough, right? I mean, you're in a space, you've got a hotel property and, and every day it's the same property. You know, right. like it, 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 it changes a, a little bit. changes. So yeah. yeah. You, you have events yeah. and you have this and seasons change and, and, but like, it's tough, you know, and, and, and so I think influencers can be so helpful in that, especially if it's luxury, because you have someone coming into this and saying, looking at it with fresh eyes and they have right. that, like that awe of like, oh my God, this is incredible yeah. that maybe you or your social media team start to lose a year in maybe, maybe things just start to you start to kind of forget how special it is. So it's nice to be able to see it through someone else's eyes. I do. And they do. They bring a different lens to it, literally and figuratively. One topic that's pretty hot when it comes to the influencer space is quality over quantity. Talk to me a little bit about that. When a hotel is looking at the 43,000 influencers that they could Mm -hmm. potentially host, um, where where do you focus on quality and where do you focus on quantity? Because I don't think it's an either or. I think it's right. situation specific. Yeah. Yeah, that's a great question. And, uh, you know, definitely something to consider, especially in the luxury space, right? Because uh, 300,000 followers, if they're not the right kind of people for your property, may not be, you know, may not be valuable to you. As valuable as 20,000 followers from someone else of course um, yeah I mean if the followers aren't aren't in the DMA of who you would normally who your guest profile is yeah. then it's not an effective hosting. absolutely and I think part of that goes back to just the again the brand strategy and what they're trying to do because again if you look at at the four seasons you might work with people who can't have no chance of being able to afford that hotel and that's fine because you do need to tell that story and to be aspirational yeah, you need to be aspirational you want to tell that story to a group of people that one day may be able to afford this week we call it like seeding desire you I know that, that these these decisions are often made 10 or 15 years before the purchases are made if you think about a a car, you know, the the person who goes and buys a Porsche 911, that decision was probably made 20, 30 years before the purchase right. was made, right? And you're sitting in your bedroom looking Absolutely. at a poster of the car being like, when I'm successful, I'm going to do that, you know? And right. then, and so for someone else, it might be like, when I'm successful, I'm going to be like a Four Seasons guy, or I'm going to, I'm going to stay at the, the Mandan Oriental everywhere I go. And sure. that's going to be my marker of success. And so right. I think that can be important. Um, I love that. I love actually having some fun with reaching that, um, that futuristic guest. And the reason why is like, think of it this way. If someone is visiting Los Angeles and they would love to be able to stay at the four seasons, but they're just not in a space to be able to actually stay there. But if you, if you reach out to them, you know, if they, if they see you and you, and you do, and they do follow, maybe they come for a cocktail. Maybe mm-hmm. they can't stay the night, but they stay for a cocktail. But guess what they still do? They post a gorgeous photo and they geotag. Right. Because they still want to show that they have been there and that they go. And their caption doesn't say, P.S. I didn't stay the night. Right. So you're still actually getting the play in mm-hmm. many ways. Um, and like you said, I love that planting those seeds. Yeah. And I, th- I think a, a lot of times, though, it, it, it does get harder as the following gets bigger because... Uh, they just start to get more difficult to work with, you know, because an influencer... You're saying the influencers with the high... What's... Is there... And I mean, no one will hold you to this, but like, is there a line in the sand? Is it a million? 
I mean, I think anything over a million gets gets can get quite difficult to to work with. Sure. Um, really over probably half a million. And when you say quite difficult, what do you mean? Just that like you might find that you reach out and you're like, oh yeah, we'd love to comp a room, and they'd be like, no, like I need that and ten thousand dollars. Sure. And and I think most hotels are not willing to pay that, and I, I don't know that they need to really, uh, honestly. Right. Um, especially luxury hotels. So. Right. And then it, it you know it gets down to like who is this who is this person and we're associating our brand in a very public way with them. And, and what does that say? You, you know, and are the people that follow them going to look at that and say like, Oh, that's, you know, here's, yeah, here's something that I could potentially be interested in one day. Or is it just, right. you know, are they just getting a free hotel? Um, so I think for, you know, for especially luxury hotels, again, as the following gets bigger, the content quality is is often not there it's pretty rare that like a you know fashion influencer let's say with over a million also has like in really really elevated beautiful content mm. interesting um, usually okay. the ones who have the bigger followings are more like selfie like okay pouty lip selfie matcha tea you know like that kind of influencer right who who maybe is getting followed because they just look really good in a bikini or something. Absolutely. Which is, and which nothing is, wrong with which that, is by great, the way. There's which a place is great. for that as well. Sure. But I hear what you're saying. But that, and, yeah. But then you have like an Alice Gao, who's a great example of someone who has a huge following, but has really, really elevated content, has a great sense of design. And, Beautiful. And, and is someone that I look to for inspiration. I just saw she was on a trip to India that looked incredible. And I was saving all those hotels that she was in and, and, and kind of earmarking it for whenever I go to India, I don't know when that will be, but I will go back to either, right. you know, send her a message or see those posts and see, okay, where did she stay? Cause she, she did such a nice job covering that, uh, and showing that experience. And I just trust her. if she's, okay. if she's going to stay somewhere that I trust her. She's yeah. She's in that space. That's funny. You say that. I, I think that it's the, it really is the real world now. Actually just yesterday, a friend texted me and said, I'm planning on a trip to Tulum in June. Where should I stay? I've never been to Tulum. However, one of my best friends was just there last week. I went to her Instagram, looked mm -hmm. at her geotags. I know she has good taste and wouldn't stay somewhere that wasn't great and sent him that. I said, a friend of mine just stayed here and she has yeah. good taste. I, I highly recommend it. Yeah. Um, so it really, I mean, this isn't like smoke and mirrors. This is how people make travel choices. Absolutely. And, and I mean, I think, you know, that is probably like the most important takeaway from all of this is that if, if you are still thinking Oh, maybe we don't need to do this, or this isn't for us. I think that you're you're doing yourself and your brand an enormous disservice because, you know, attention, especially you know, I'm 33, right? Like, my peers, the people that work with me, like this is this is where most of the media consumption is happening, right. and so you could run as many ads as you want in you know Wall Street Journal or Rob Report or the DuPont Registry or you know Vogue or, and like you're just not going to reach people uh, and it's just getting harder and harder to reach these consumers and and especially for travel a lot of these decisions I mean Tulum is a great example of a place that never heard of and then they started spending a lot of money sending influencers down there and now you can't it's almost like it's almost like it's almost like the hug of death it's like cr it's crazy I, think, yeah, I mean it's just they're like, a little bit like whoa 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 yeah i <laughs> yeah. mean they it just like they just put themselves on the map in a way that was is very sure impressive because people say oh i want to go down there because one i've seen 
15 people and I've watched their vacation, which is like not something you you could do 10 years ago. No. Uh, and I see the Instagram posts that I'm going to take. Um, and I've seen this in like consumer behavior, like friends that have like 200 followers that are just like, you know, very normal people. They work in real estate or finance, like saving Instagram posts being like, when I go down here, I want to take this photo. I want to take wow. this photo and I want to take this photo. Um, so you see that working, you see, like, look at Morocco over the last year, how much, you know, Huge. look at, the, you know, the Amalfi coast, mm -hmm. these places are attracting influencers and and then it just feels like everyone is going there. Suddenly so, everyone is going. Yeah. They want to get that shot. Yeah. So when hotels are looking at their influencer strategy, there's sort of two buckets, right? You can build your brand or you can build your books. And you can do, you know, it's a Venn diagram. They cross over. But when hosting influencers, is there is there either a mistake that hotels make? Like, do they focus too much on building the brand and not the books or vice versa? I think mostly they probably are focused too much on sales. I, I don't know that influencers are a great direct ROI channel. Well, like you, we've talked, the attribution cycle. You it's, know, someone uh, posts yeah. in January, you see it, you save that photo, or you just sort of catalog it, but then you book your trip in September. It's really hard to connect the two yeah. dots for the, for the hotel. It's nearly say. impossible. Yeah, and so what the hotel will probably see is, oh, they clicked on a Facebook ad, or they, they went through Expedia or mm -hmm. this, and so then you you pour your dollars into those um, right. and 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 advertising is a, is a simple thing right if you have a product that is that is it's a good product um, you just need to get it in front of people's eyeballs enough and then you know whether or not you end up getting that sale the influencer can't really help with that they're not you know right. they're not on your website like live yeah. chatting to people telling them to book the trip um, it is up to you eventually to like, make sure the website looks nice, make sure this, make sure all these, you know, um, but you want to be in the running when they sit down and they plan their yearly vacation. Are you like, are you in the running for, right. for a place that, that they would want to go to? So um, it gets you on the map. And I agree. We talk about this a lot here as well with, um, our friends and our clients in the industry, which is everything, PR influencers, even social media, it, it gets, it gets you, it gets you in the running. But still, when someone calls to book, what is their experience like? When mm. they go to your website, how many clicks does it take? How right. easy is you know? It's that it it you got to take them home. We Absolutely. we just get we get you partway yeah. there. It's teamwork. Absolutely. So I agree, and I like that thought of like you've got to you've got to you got to play. You know, it's kind of like buy the lottery ticket. You can't win if you don't play. Totally. So you got to play. This is a really great way to play. Um, we've talked a bit about Four Seasons, and I I I love that you've got a really good knowledge of them um, and their work with influencers. Uh, a couple of, I guess, kind of final questions I have. One thing is uh, sort of a little bit of a deviation here, but I know some influencers have now started their own podcast. Mm -hmm. uh, what do you think of that? Yeah, I, I just talked about this on a recent uh, Drink With James episode, I think, actually. And uh, I think it's great if you have something to say. I think influencers that are starting podcasts because they know people like podcasts and then they just like interview their friends or something and they don't have a, a point of view, um, I think those generally fall flat. And I've seen right. so many influencers start their podcasts, do three of them, and then you never hear about it again. Mm -hmm. Okay. Uh, if you have an idea, if you have a clear thesis concept that you say, here is something that, that is not being talked about, and I want to talk about it. The, the best podcasts, I think, are about things. Right. You know, like I'm not a I'm not a massive pod, podcast guy, but like I've been listening to This American Life for ten years. Such a you good know? one. And it's yeah, 
and it's incredible but it, it's and ira is amazing but it's not a show about ira glass you know it's a show about like stories about of america and the thing i struggle with with influencers is sometimes they're so me focused they're so egocentric that the shows are just about them which is interesting on instagram you know, because it's your life. Absolutely. Um, but it doesn't mean you're good at talking. It doesn't mean you're you're a good interviewer. And is is a is a podcast that's just about you going to be enough? Sure. You know, or, or if it was an influencer, it was like I want to talk about you know this this podcast is going to be about travel or it's eco be travel eco or, travel or or yeah, yeah like you know your your craziest travel stories and I'm going to talk to other influencers who travel all the time. And we're going to hear like they're, they're like wildest. That's, that's, you know, that's that would be interesting. That's an idea. Right. But just being like, I'm going to interview my mom. Right. So if, so I'm sure that we also have some influencers listening to this podcast. So any influencers out there, if you're thinking of starting a podcast, that's a great tip is, is be, you know, pick your, pick your angle and really, really own that and go deep, go kind of an inch wide and a mile deep rather yeah. than a mile wide and an inch deep. Yeah. It's yeah. like that idea that like, yeah, the, the specific is universal, right? Like mm-hmm. just get very, like pick a topic right. and like see what just you can like kind of uncover about that. Really yeah. own it. Um, so, you know, the influencer space in general has been so fascinating to watch. You've, you started as one. Mm-hmm. I've watched it from the very beginning from when they were bloggers to, um, people on Instagram to influencers. And then we've watched this space where, you know, it used to be a big deal to have a hundred thousand followers. And now, yeah. you know, people don't even get out of bed for a hundred thousand right. followers. And they, and, um, and now the FTC has gotten involved and is looking at this as advertising in many ways. And so even now we're seeing that shift happen. Mm-hmm. It's been such a dynamic, it, I shouldn't say Ben, it is such a dynamic space. What, you know, I know you didn't bring your crystal ball today <laughs> um, and you're not Nostradamus, but, you know, if you could look into your crystal ball, what is the next like 18 to 24 months look like in the space? And what can hotels and travel brands do to get ahead of it, to get ahead of the curve? Yeah, I think that, you know, across the board, we're seeing this, you know, as this becomes a bigger part of people's strategies. Uh, and, and, you know, just to go quickly back to your earlier point, which was, I, I think, um, a really good one is that like, this is just part of a strategy, just as PR is part of a strategy, you know, like you, you need to ha- be hitting people from every point that you have available in your arsenal because competing for people's attention today is, is, is as difficult as it's ever been. Maybe, maybe, you know. Harder than it's ever I, been because I, it, harder it, than, the barriers to entry are have never been lower, which also means the population has never been bigger yeah. as far as trying to get the attention of right. the consumer and be a part of their story. And decentralized media, you know, you used to be able to say, well, okay, we buy ads in these magazines and then our PR people make sure we get organically mentioned in those magazines and like job done. Right. You know, and now it's like, cool, there's a, th- there's 10,000 influencers I need to worry about potentially like what, for, you know? Right. So, um, what's going to happen I think is that like people get more strategic, you know, it, it, you need to get smarter. You need to start to build an actual strategy and figure out how does this, how does this fit into the larger goals that we're trying to reach? How does the influencer work we're doing support the PR work we're doing, which supports the ad campaign we're running, which supports you know, this other thing. And, and it can, it can no longer just be, oh, this is something fun that we're like testing out. 
Um, and we're seeing that certainly with brands that are spending big money is that it's starting to get a lot more strategic. Where are these consumers in the funnel? How can we use influencers to move them through that funnel? And then once we do that, how are, you know, how are we retargeting on Facebook and what are we doing to kind of surround them with this messaging? And so I think that's going to be the big thing. It's explosion in the amount of money that's pouring into the space and, and thus expectations of what is going to come out of that is are going to be raised quite a bit. Okay. I, again, so many of our listeners are coming from travel and hotels. However, uh, I believe you can find a lot of inspiration from other brand types. What types of brands, be it fashion, design, music, art, are actually doing influencers right that hotels could look at and go oh, okay they're doing it like this mm-hmm. I could translate that to my brand yeah I mean I think beauty does a great job you know they're spending a lot of money and they're getting a lot of they're, they're getting a lot back like they're, they're selling a lot of product um, you know I look to the brands that have to spend money sometimes as as a interesting comp because it, it's you know, if you're out there and you are, you know, the Four Seasons or the Ritz or the Edition and you, you know, you have a, a thing that everyone kind of wants and it's, it's in a lot of ways, it's, it's quite a bit easier, right? You get the pick of who you want to work with, how sure. you want to work with them. You don't have to pay, but, but there are other brands that, you know, most brands don't have that luxury. Actually, most, exactly. That's you the know. hotels and many travel brands. That is a huge benefit they have is people want to stay at your hotel. Yeah. And so oftentimes those brokered relationships can work really, they work well, really well for you. Yeah. And, and so for more mass clients uh, or people that don't have that kind of space, that kind of place in the industry, um, you have to be savvier, you know, of how you do this. And so I always look to, to those, like those legacy brands that are maybe a little late to it that are now buying their way into it. You know, how is, how is Samsonite, you know, what is Samsonite doing to hold off what Away is doing? You know, Away is an influencer first Absolutely. brand that... Well, they came out of Warby Parker. They came so out of Warby. Already they already had a really cool, engaged, social, um, captivated audience. Yeah. And they've... they've Tossed they've them right spent, into luggage. <laughs> yeah, and they've spent a lot of their money on... And, and done an incredible amount of gifting. And so you just see it everywhere. So, okay, so now how are legacy luggage brands fighting back against that? What are they trying to do? Because they can't be the cool kid brand aways taking that away from them yeah. uh, no pun intended um, shameless plug <laughs> I have Samsonite luggage I love my Samsonite I'm a classics girl I yeah. love my Samsonite luggage however I'm a brand girl and away is doing a great they're job they're doing a great job so yeah it, it's true though those legacy brands and the kind of the newer quicker to market yeah. on the influence brands right so yeah. then you think okay yeah what is what is the story that Samsonite could tell they sure. can't because again, yeah, they can't tell the away story. So, but like they can tell a quality story. They can tell a, a you know, a story about being classic, about being well made. Trusted that's gonna last for, you for, for generations, yeah. right? Yeah. Um, so I looked at the, you know, I think that it's you know in the in the hotel space, um, Edition has done a great job. They continue to do a great job, and just like the content that they're producing, the way that they use influencers content, I think they're a pretty good comp really good. Um, okay. to, to watch out yeah, for. Yeah, they're doing a great job. So um, as we close, uh, if someone's listening right now, and they're, they're hitting most of the marks we've talked about today, they are intelligently choosing quality influencers that fit their brand. They are hosting them in great rooms with you know nicely lit tables and all the, all the bells and whistles. 
Um, they're doing all the right things. They have great sharing agreements. It's all set. If they could just do one thing next week that would be just 1% better, what's, what's one thing someone could do? Okay, put this on my to-do list. I could do this one thing next week. What would it be? That's a good question. Um, I think that the more brands can just learn from the influencers and try and get better at creating that kind of content themselves, right? Because like this gets to a place where it gets so expensive um, that it gets harder and harder to do the work. And if you don't learn how to how to talk like an influencer, how to act like them, how to post like them, how to shoot like them. Um, you might find in, in a few years you have to buy your way in um, in a way that that, it, that could be quite debilitating. Um, so I think that, you know, if you're, anytime I know like at, at our company, if we're bringing a consultant or something in, I'm insistent that like someone at the company is learning from them so I don't have to pay those people again. Right. You know, um, so it's similar. Like you have these people, like watch what they're doing, watch why it's working and why what you're doing isn't working and, and post their photos and see the engagement and then post yours and see, testing. yeah. And see like, okay, why is their stuff getting twice as many likes as, as ours right. is? And, and what can we learn about this? Because if you can get your own accounts quite a bit bigger, you know, that's the like social validation where if I'm an influencer or a consumer and I've never heard of you and an influencer stays there and I click through to your feed and it's really beautiful. Well then I'm, I'm much more likely to follow. Now that's like getting someone's email address. That's very, you know, now you get to talk to them every day. Right. Um, now Keep you've got connection. them for, you know, for a week, a month, a year, three years, where you get to talk to them over and over again. Um, and I think if you click through and someone's, you know, staying in a property and you click through and that property had 50,000 followers, you'd be like, huh, it's interesting. Like, yeah, seems like a nice account. Like I'll follow that. Um, or like, even though I've never heard of it, the fact that they have 50,000 followers feels, makes it feel like valid. I like that. Well, thank you yeah, so much thank you. for this your was fun. time. This was great. I, I know that our listeners are all going away with wonderful information. And um, James, if they ever want to find you, how can they find you? Yeah, just you, you can uh, go to 4.co or, or email me at james at 4.co. F-O-H-R.co. Yes. Awesome. Thanks right, again thank for you. your time. Yeah.